Hi, this is Felipe from Data Futurology. And today we're going to speak about whether you should focus on developing business skills or technical skills as a data scientist. This question comes up all the time when people are thinking about what to do with their careers. They see the two sides of data science and it's quite a wide spectrum, right? Where you can be moving closer to the business side, developing what's seen as soft skills, as communication skills, influence, leadership. And a lot of people see that as a path to have higher impact with their work, but it means that they they are taken away from time that they could be coding, learning more about algorithms, data preparation, statistics, getting things into production, et cetera. So obviously the last few items there are sitting well in the technical realm. And if you're trying to choose what skills you should build as part of your career, it's really hard to choose and there's no one answer that fits everyone. So I think it depends on your strengths and on your ambitions. And the strengths is things that you're naturally good at better than other people. Focus on things that people come and ask you about. That's a good indication of what your strengths are. And it can be obviously knowledge or some of the soft skills that we're talking about, but that'll point you to your strengths. And then you have to think about where you would like to end up in with your career. Do you seek to have leadership positions in companies and organizations? Do you seek to be a researcher? Do you seek to work in startups? What path excites you the most with your career? And having an understanding of those ambitions, you can start to craft a plan where your roles are miniature versions of the end goal so you can start to get experience in the skills that are required to be successful in that end role. I've had people that they, for example, they want to be a manager or a team lead and they're stuck in a team of peers and they say, oh, I'm never going to become a manager if I'm only working with peers that don't get a chance for management, say. And what I've said to them in the past is, In working with peers, there's multiple projects that need to be delivered. Take the lead in one of those projects and develop your soft influence. So if we think of hard influence as being from power, so when um, you're superior when your boss asks you to do something, they have sort of this organizational hierarchy power that they're using. But when you're working with peers, it's a lot more about influence. Or if you're working with areas that you don't report to the same area, to the same person, and you're from different areas of the business, you have to use your softer influence. And getting yourself to lead projects and initiatives that you might be working with teammates, that starts to help you practice your influence, also your leadership, your management skills, because generally the person that a group will defer to is the person that has a plan and generally a well thought out plan that other people can't sort of think of anything better on the spot as they're discussing. And then they go, well, that one sounds the best. Let's go with that. So if you're prepared, then you will start to get the influence that will allow you to start developing those skills that you want to develop if that's the path that you want to go down. So it definitely comes from these two sides of your strengths and your ambitions. Your ambitions will highlight areas that you need to build strengths in if you don't have them yet. The only thing that I would like to caution you on is blindly following what you enjoy. So I think that if you only focus on the work that you enjoy today, I find that that's not a very strategic way to go about crafting your career because sometimes I've seen people have what is from an outside perspective seen as a very 
successful career where they're day in, day out, year after year, they're doing work that they really enjoy, but then they get burned out or then they lose the love of it. I've seen people that have gone through to get a PhD in a particular specialty. And then the day after they come out of the PhD program, they never want to work in that specialty again. I've seen people that become executives and heads of large businesses or large parts of a business. And then they completely switch careers because they don't want to work in that line of business ever again. So that's essentially like one area of risk. And the other one is that if you only follow what you enjoy today and you're not looking more broadly, more strategic at what the industry needs and what your career could be, then you run the risk of getting stuck in and pigeonholed in an area that may not have lots of future growth, might be an area that will start to lose demand, start to lose importance. It can set your skills It can make your skills be irrelevant in a new developing world, like in the future that we're moving into. I've had people that have applied for jobs in my teams, either as software engineers, data analysts, or data scientists, or data engineers. I had one guy in particular that he applied for that engineering role, and he had had 15 years experience coding in Lotus 123, which was a program from like the 90s or early 2000s, maybe. And he'd been coding in that basically the entire time. And then he realized that demand for his skills was coming to an end and that he wanted to switch to something, but didn't have any experience, hadn't done any courses, anything like that. So in his case, he just kept doing what he enjoys time and time, day after day, year after year after year. And that meant that he wasn't having a broad enough vision of what their skills could or should be. So definitely one that I recommend is to think broadly about what will be needed in the future what is needed now and how that lines up with what are your strengths and your career ambitions and the overlap of all these, the intersection of all these circles of Venn diagrams will give you a good sense of where you should head to. And I think that overall, the wider you can cast your net when it comes to interests and skill developments, the generally, the better. I think that where we are as an industry today and in data science, and definitely when it comes to business, we need generalists. We need people that understand the end-to-end value chain and that can create products, change organizations, and have an impact that uses the whole value chain in order to provide something to the business or to the market that had that, so they can have the impact, the business impact that is required. And that will always be the case for what's needed in leadership. In leadership, you need people that understand that end-to-end process and that have a vision of how it should fit together. So if you're seeking to move up to leadership management, executive positions, then you need you need that broader view. But obviously, it's not for everyone. And as an industry, we um, data science is in super high demand, and we need people with lots of different types of mix of skills. So we do need people that are very technical, very specialized in one particular area. And I think that the need for those very niche specialized people, that need will increase as the industry matures. And even in the past five years or so, we've seen more roles, role names, role definitions being added to the composition of a data science team and adjacent to data science team. So data teams in general, we've had more roles being introduced because we are recognizing that there are more and more specialties and subspecialties that are required in order to make a high performing bleeding edge 
data science team have the business impact that is required. So I think there's always, there's definitely a place for the very technical, very niche people, but it depends on where you would like to go and what ambitions you have. And also the strengths, the starting point that you have of your strengths. I know that in my case, I noticed early that I liked communicating and talking about data science and communicating with technical and non-technical people, and that there was this breach of the two worlds where you have the technical data world and the business world, and that I wanted to be able to bridge the gap between the two. And that meant having to become more of a generalist, starting to understand areas that I had exposure to before and didn't really feel passionate about. And sometimes there are areas that are quite boring, like you have to think about data governance frameworks, ethical AI frameworks, along with feature engineering and data preparation in order to improve your model. So if your ambitions are to move up, I recommend that you become a generalist and that you're trying to understand how more and more of the process works. If you want to be a technical specialist, then definitely go as hardcore as you can in that, read papers, work and do the work to develop a deeper understanding. And you will know whether you're making right progress when people start coming to you for to ask you questions about that space. And that can be even in your team at work, in the company, through meetups, et cetera. But that is a really good feed, getting feedback that you are becoming the technical specialist that is going to be required more and more as we go on to the future. I hope this has been helpful. This is Felipe Flores from Data Futurology. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you in the next video. I wanted to tell you about the RMIT Online Masters of Data Science Strategy and Leadership. I was one of the industry advisors for this program. It's an online master's program and it covers both data science strategy and leadership and it has also a technical component. Highly, highly recommended for people wanting to get ahead. With the program, you can gain this advanced strategic leadership and data science capabilities required to influence executive leadership teams and deliver organization-wide solutions. For more information, visit online.rmit.edu.au. I wanted to tell you about We Are Rubik's, one of Australia's leading pure data consulting companies delivering project outcomes for some of the world's leading brands. Growing rapidly and with offices in Melbourne, Sydney and the US, Rubik's are as serious about analytics as they are about their their pinball. True story, they have like 10 pinball machines in their Melbourne head office. If you're interested in joining a passionate and vibrant team who make work fun, head to wearerubik's.com and get in touch today. That's We Are Rubik's, all one word, wearerubik's.com, and get in touch today. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as Data Futurology. Also, go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.